This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. All right, welcome to this, the final uh, Shrimp Net, the podcast of the Shrimps Trust. Um, it's the last one this season, for obvious reasons, uh, having uh, successfully finished. And it's been a memorable season for many, many reasons. And as we look back at our favourite and least liked moments uh, and recop on our ultimate survival, with myself and Joel are accompanied by uh, the effervescent... And always pointed, uh, Charlie from the board. Charlie, welcome along. Um, and a welcome return uh, and a, a good chance to recap for uh, General Manager Ben. Ben, welcome along. Evening, Freeze. So, um, I want to start, um, really, just, just general. We've had one season in League One. There are many, many, many things to talk about. We've had a brilliant FA Cup run. Uh, we've lost a manager, gained an old manager, um, beaten some illustrious teams, both home and away, uh, and obviously ended up with um, one of the top three scorers in the division. So, uh, you know, just as a general, Joel, uh, pleased? Yeah. I mean, I mean, at the start of the season, it was all about staying up. And then with the way that things have unfolded throughout the season... You know, that kind of bad run around November, December, looking like we might be fixing that after January. And then, obviously, Stephen Robinson leaving in February, Derek coming back in. A few, you know, it was always going to take a little bit of a while, maybe a couple of months just for everything to gel. And then having that kind of incredible final run towards the end of the season. So, yeah, just a roller coaster. Uh, I think that's, that's probably going to get used quite a few times tonight. But, yeah, exciting, I guess. While it was happening, I would have rather it be more comfortable. But you know what? Now, now I'm out of that. Now looking back, you know what? I wouldn't have had it any other way. It was exciting. It's good. So, yeah. And at the end of the day, staying up, that's a success. And the, 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 the succession, both on and off the field, um, there's been loads of work done. And looking at it in plain terms, as general manager, Ben, you've got to be chuffed a bit. The crowds have been good. Um, there's been loads accomplished. Uh, the communication from the clubs improved dramatically so that fans are aware of when somebody pulls the socks up, etc. And so from that point of view, as, as you, you coming in uh, at an important time with, a, a, a shall we say, a job that's not been done before, you've got to be satisfied with your performance, haven't you? I'm absolutely delighted with the progress we've made. Um, I think when I came on the first time, we said... It wasn't about, you know, necessarily making radical changes that overnight, you know, revolutionised the club. That doesn't really happen. What it was was about just being better at what we do day after day after day and, you know, try something, get it wrong, hold your hands up, say it didn't work and why and try and make it right next time. And I think we've had a lot of that this season. Um, you know, we look back now and again, like I say, I sit here incredibly proud of, of what the people at the club have achieved. 
um, in new circumstances to everyone that supporters and and how they've conducted themselves and backed us and and you know I, I said it throughout the difficult periods we had through the season I've never seen anywhere that has been so together and positive at a club that was in the relegation zone at the time you know you look at the other clubs and you've only got to look on their social media or, or look on the news locally and you see all the the issues and, and the negative um, sort of impact that that can happen, and then you look at us who you know we weren't just happy to be in League One by any stretch of imagination, but people were understanding of the circumstances we found ourselves in. It was new. It was a learning opportunity for absolutely everyone, um, and ultimately we've come through it. You know, staying in League One was. Um, you know, really important to how we move forwards. As yeah. Charlie and I discussed at various points through the season, and I'm sure Charlie said on here, you know, if we got relegated, we'd have dusted ourselves down. We still had a plan. Um, it just makes things a little bit more difficult. And, you know, you've, you've got a year where you've got to then bounce back up. So being in League One's an incredible platform for us to move on next year. And we fully intend to use it. And uh, looking back at it, Charlie, obviously we look back fondly at, at this time last year, we were just about to, as we know, the, the playoffs are starting, uh, you know, as we speak. And we were just about to enter that that period when we were playing Tranmere and then managed to get to Wembley and then et cetera, et cetera. And then Derek decided he was leaving and whatever. And it's obviously we've spoken about it before, but I just want to recap. And it was a very, very short summer, wasn't it? And so for us to do what we've done and end up where we've ended up and still be sat here smiling saying, well, that's been a heck of a ride. It's got to be tribute to everybody on and off the field, hasn't it? I mean, I trace it back to um, summer 2019 when at the, um, the gala dinner, um, I, just, I was just joining the, uh, the uh, throng of the board really at that time and it was spoken about how we've got to stay in League Two, we can't get relegated from League Two. Yeah. And I'm saying I, I, I'm eternally positive. I was like, right, guys. First things first. We can't be can't have the mentality. We've got to be aiming to be at least League One. If you aim to stay in League Two, you know you're going to come second, third, bottom, second or third bottom. And it's, it's not high enough aspiration. That's why we changed into the three-year plan. And it was a short summer. It was about half a day before Dave resigned. Before my summer holiday was ruined. My wife nearly divorced me. Um, but. Um, you know, we've come through it and I think that's testament to how strong-willed and determined everyone in the club is. You know, we've said it before, how well everyone's achieved. Um, you know, new people like Ben, new, newer people like me, but all the people who've been there for many, many years and the amazing stewardship of Rod and Graham uh, who take on so much in, on the day-to-day as well, which can't be forgotten. I, I have to admit, it's also a tribute to your wife, who's obviously very resilient, because that's about the fifth time you've told me a different story where she nearly divorced you. So <laughs> you're doing pretty well, mate, I have to say. I'm on month, I've got nine lives, I've got six, six have gone, so it's <laughs> That's positive, I like that. Um, so looking at things in, in plain terms, we've been really, really fortunate. Two separate FA Cup runs, which have uh, equaled uh, the best that the club's ever done. Now, bearing in mind, obviously, you know, in my lifetime, the first time we got to the third round was uh, the month before I was born. So, <laughs> uh, and then since then, I've been fortunate enough that we've got there, uh, you know, Ipswich twice, and then my team, my big team, Chelsea, and then Tottenham this season. 
And uh, that, you know, so te- when things like that happen, Joel, yes, it's it's called the look of the draw, but I can remember some crap draws over the over the years. Uh, and it, it does just goes to show you that what goes round comes round. And if you keep knocking on the door long enough, you will actually get the money, the draw. Yeah, I mean, exactly. In, in the years previous, we, we just weren't getting to the third round of the FA Cup. And that, 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 it's as simple as that. And obviously, we, we'd had a couple of defeats to non-league sides like Dover and Halifax, which had contributed to that. And then, obviously, last season was uh, it was a kind draw, obviously, with uh, Maidstone and... Uh, was it Maidstone? No, it wasn't. Sorry. Oh, my God. It was, oh yeah, but, and before that it was uh, Tip Tree. Tip Molden and Tip Tree, that's what I'm trying to think of, yeah. And then obviously Sully Hull. Yeah. Uh, and that was a kind draw, but we still had to you know, take advantage of it. Sully Hull are a decent National League side, so the, the, there were no pushovers. We got through and we got our reward with the Chelsea draw. Obviously unfortunate that we were behind closed doors. So we've come again this season. We've you know we've won our first, you know our games in the first two rounds. Obviously, nice to uh, see you put again, of course. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so coming through that, it's been really good. And then getting that day out that we missed out on in uh, in last in last year when we didn't get to go to Chelsea, we got to go to Tottenham instead this year. And yeah, that was an amazing day out. And I guess I guess you know, like you say, you just keep knocking on the door. We've done it two years in a row. And we we have been fortunate, but. You know, I think we've, we've earned it after, after quite a few years of bad luck in the FA Cup. But yeah, it's been fantastic to have those experiences. And I think we've spoken a bit about uh, the kind of general positive mood of the club. And, and, and days like that, they, kind of, they do contribute, I think, to the, the, the general mood. And obviously to do so well against Tottenham was, was fantastic. And I think, I think yeah, I'm going to take a point you said there, because it was something that I was going to come on to next. In the fact that, that there have always been... Uh, a younger set of fans coming through and we see now the enthusiastic sort of like 18 to 25 year olds who've been coming since we were pretty good in the conference and then in early days of the football league and now we've moved again because there's there are absolutely low because of the season ticket offers the club offered last year etc etc there seems to be loads and loads of four five six year olds and that's really important building the fan base Ben isn't it Absolutely. And, you know, especially when we've got a facility that doesn't lend itself to having loads of space and, um, you know, areas to, to take advantage of for the, for the different ages, you know, as, as some more established clubs do, it, it's been quite pleasing to see because, we, we, you know, we are looking at how we can improve a matchday experience. I think we've taken steps towards that this year. It's a huge focus of ours next year. But to see the younger fans coming through, you know, the people who've been around since we were at Christie Park and in the Northern Premier League, you know, and the feedback we're getting from them saying, you know, everyone said at the start of the season, yeah, it's brilliant, we're going to grow, but don't forget, don't forget where we've been and, and what's gone on in the past. And I think we've managed to find that balance and, and you know, look after the people who've been around and, and supported us when there was probably a couple of hundred on the terraces, um, but also make it a place that, is welcoming and, and new supporters want to come along and, and feel comfortable when they do and and a part of something. And again, that's it's testament to, to what the staff have done and, and how they've looked at things this season. But it's also testament to the supporters because, you know, you stood next to someone different every week and, and everyone looks after each other. And, um, you know, as I say, the feedback is always, we had a great day, made to feel more than welcome with part of the MFC family. 
And I, I think it's important at this point, before we move on to uh, the sort of like, likes and dislikes of the season, just my final point, and I want to make this because um, I, I think the club deserve great credit and I'm, I'm happy to put on record. Um, Sunderland game last Saturday was absolutely immense for both Sunderland and ourselves for obvious on-field reasons. But off-field, it, it's been a steep learning curve in many ways for yourselves on a match day and the club stewards and the policing and et cetera, et cetera. And what was absolutely brilliant last Saturday was that we had 5,831 people, which was our record you know, crowd in the league. And there wasn't a hint of trouble. Everybody was happy and smiley. It was a sunny day. There was plenty of entertainment. And it was stewarded and policed brilliantly by absolutely everybody. And that's because of the lessons we've learned over this season, Ben. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I, I've come into it new from the outside. So I've not had the experience at the club that, that a number of people have. But we have gone from crowds of low 2000s pre-COVID, a long period out of action, and then come back and been hit with 4,000 plus. Um, you know, so it, it has been challenging. I mean, when I came in, in June, June 2021, you couldn't pay by card in the ground. Um, you know, you couldn't pay by card. You couldn't buy an away ticket online. You couldn't go behind, you know, there was one area behind the bar card terrace uh, to serve what ended up being 2,029 people on Saturday. So, you know, I think when you're going through things and like I say, day by day, you're looking to improve, you, you do sometimes lose sight of how much progress has been made. So I was thinking about it on the way home today, just, thinking of the, the things that I walked into, and it's, don't get me wrong, it's not me who's gone and, and done them, it is the people um, you know, around me and, and the heads of department and, and their teams. So Mike and Jody Hospitality, they've driven everything we've done on the concourses this season. They've got two new outlets up and running. Um, they're proactive in the away end, getting um, you know, food outlets in, bars in for the away fans, because you know what it's like behind that stand. Yeah. Um, so it, it's been incredibly challenging, but it's a challenge we want. It's not the challenges we were facing three years ago. These, these are very challenging circumstances, but brilliant challenges with brilliant rewards. And, you know, the, the, what we took on Saturday as a secondary spend, and don't get me wrong, everything we take helps us run. So, you know, we appreciate people coming to us and, and buying the pies we make and buying the pints in the bar. Um, you know, we try and keep that affordable, but every penny that people spend here goes back into the club. So it's so important. I think we, we took probably three times what we'd take on a Saturday two years ago across the ground, which is just, again, phenomenal. You times that by six for your big games and then you get close to it the other 15, 16 times a season. And it's, it's such an important income stream for us. We've got to be able to deliver it. And, and with good quality um, and good service, but it also takes the supporters to buy into it and, like I say, come and spend the money with us, which they have. So, um, you know, again, as we've alluded to with the season ticket campaign this year, we're in it together in every sense. Um, and, and again, it's testament to everyone involved at the club, you know, for me, um, it's testament to everyone that the work that's gone in this season has just been phenomenal. Um, and like I said, we haven't always got it right, but I'd like to think when we haven't got it right, we've held our hands up and learned. And as you say, the Sunderland game for me was just an absolute joy. And I woke up that morning knowing, A, we were going to stay up, but <laughs> B, 
I, I just knew we'd get it right because we've got the right people preparing right, doing the right things. And I just didn't have a doubt in my mind. You know, and after the last busy game, which was probably Bolton, Portsmouth was a home side, but the last game on a similar scale. And, and like you say, uh, the challenges we faced that day, which were different. But after that, I just knew our response to that, how we used that to learn and plan ahead for the next game. Um, you know, Ghani and Toby, ground safety, so proactive, um, you know, really have driven us forwards in that. I, I sleep easy knowing that they'll get it right. That was that was really the my veiled point in the fact that we've learned every game this season. Uh, and from a from a Barticard season ticket holder, um, you know, the, the behind the, the home end has improved dramatically. As you alluded to there, there were over two thousand people in that home end and there were barely queues for uh apart from at 10 to 3 for absolutely everything and everybody was uh, happy and smiley and because it because everything that you've done during the close season like put the extra concession stands in etc etc and make sure people can get access buy by card pay by cash whatever means they want to it all improves the match day experience and that's probably the same for you in the in the uh, in the posh seats Joel in the posh seats my ivory tower and debug no, yeah, you, you can definitely tell you that <laughs> there's more people there. The service is good, so yeah, it's it's been it's been great to see that kind of improve a lot. And like you say, you know, just more reason to spend a little bit more money at the club on top of the fact that the pies are already fabulous. Well, the thing is, it's like Ben said, and I agree with it completely. It's easier to spend the money because the quality's always been there with the pies and everything else. But it was it was difficult because there was too many people trying trying to buy this, the, enough product, but with not enough outlets to do it. And the club have put that right, because they've listened and said, right, okay. Because it, it's cause and effect, isn't it, Ben? If you if you want to make these things popular and people to spend the money, they will do it, but you've, you've, got, you've got to make it easy for them to do it. Now, the season, the season before lockdown, and then little bits of the Tranmere games and stuff like that last season, people were still moaning, they run out of pies at half time and blah, blah, blah. And you can understand the frustration, can't you? But, there's there's been hardly any of that this season at all because you've taken it on board and you've put things in place. So that's congratulations to yourself, Charlie, and everybody at the club. So I'm I'm finishing blowing smoke up your backside now. <laughs> now now onto my list of grievances. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I want I, I want to move. It. I'm, I'm about yeah, no mushy peas. I knew Charlie would say that. <laughs> well done, Charles. Um, yeah, from that. From that moving, moving on from the general comments of, you know, us surviving, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we'll go to um, what we've what we've come up with is, well, Joel's come up with this list, which I liked immensely, which was a, a, a list that we'll go through together uh, and just chat about our, uh, you know, our, our favourite moments. Uh, and we'll start with you, Joel, your, your favourite your favorite match. That's not necessarily your favourite win or favourite performance. That's a favourite match. Live match. Yeah, match us all live as well. Yes. That's, that's important part of it, I think we're saying. But uh, yeah, I think <clears throat> for me it's probably a toss-up between the Doncaster one and Charlton Away, because obviously Charlton Away, just with that kind of monumental feeling of, you know, we're really close to the finish line now, and it was, and it was a great game. But I think I'm, I'm going to have to go Doncaster. I think, you know, 3-0 down at half-time, just... Coming back from situations like that, you know, 
what more could you possibly want from a, from a football match? And, and from a neutral perspective as well, you know, there's not really too much better and that kind of building momentum as, as more goals went in the half and obviously uh, a pretty stunning winner from Toomes to win the game quite late on. So I think from a from, from best match I saw live, I think it has to be the Doncaster one at home. Fair play. Charlie? I've gone Doncaster at home as well, mostly because it was Boxing Day, wasn't it? Was it 29th? It was 29th. It was, yeah. it was new, no, it was New Year's Day. Yeah, that was yeah, a new it was, yeah. I was at the, at the mother-in-law's at the other side of the Pennines. I had to drive over Snakes Pass with my Parkinson's driving skills. Got there just in time. 3-0 down. Absolutely gutted. Then win 4-3. Drove home like an absolute demon. Very happy. <laughs> Great times. And Ben, your favourite match? Yeah, Charlton away. Um, I wasn't at Doncaster because I had COVID, so that rules that one out, given it's I saw live, but Charlton away, unbelievable day. Um, amazing stadium. I don't know what it is. I love stadiums that are just in the middle of estates, and you just walked up through the streets, up to the ground, um, looked after as well. Sun was shining, 350 shrimps fans in the away end making an incredible noise. We won. Leslie's one of Leslie's first games back. Um, I think we knew at that point we, we really can do this. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was my favourite. And like I said, possibly by default that I wasn't there for Doncaster, but I know Joel said that was a close second, so I'll take it. Yeah, I, 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 I could. Oh, sorry, I've just, I've just dropped all my stuff all over the floor. Sorry. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I take the point on that. I was going to go. The match wise, it you know, there's been loads of enjoyable games. I really, really enjoyed Wickham at home because I thought that was a fantastic performance. But I thought Wickham played their part there, and I also really enjoyed Accrington at home going down to 10 men and getting a three all draw. I think that was a fantastic result. Obviously, the Sheffield Wednesday, you know, beating them one nil with an OG that was quite, that, that, that was quite amusing, wasn't it? So you know, when we look at it in, in plain terms, um, there's loads and loads of favourite matches that I would go for. But um, I, I would have to probably plump for the, for the, for the game itself would be Doncaster because it had everything. Uh, and even at half-time, as we said on the, uh, uh, the podcast that followed it, um, all the goals were scored in, in the away end. And I sort of joked at half time when we were three 0 down. Oh, like, well, at least we'll at least if we come back, we'll they'll see seven goals down that head. Not expecting it to happen for a minute. So, but there you go. Um, so yeah, it's quite boring, really. All four of us really virtually agree, but obviously COVID rules Ben out, so he's gone for a challenge, which is fair enough. So moving on, uh, favorite favorite goal, Joel. That was yeah. Easy. I think we well things we we've gone for a gone for goal we saw live again as well. And unfortunately, I wasn't at Fleetwood away. I was. I remember I, I had an operation a couple of days later, so I was kind of doing isolation out of precaution. So I think the favourite goal I saw live, mm, I'm kind of torn because I saw Coles at Wimbledon, Coles against Wimbledon, and that was incredible. Uh, I really enjoyed Arthur's third against uh, Charlton. Just that kind of that big release and the, and the payoff. But I think I might go for Ant O'Connor uh, at Tottenham, just because you know in, in that stadium, it just kind of it, all, it felt so out of the blue 
you know, because we're playing a Premier League club and, and, and the kind of the day out around it and how, how crazy that away end went. I think I'm going to go for Ant O'Connor against uh, Tottenham just because it was such an unbelievable kind of moment. And then to go in at half time as well and see the kind of the scenes on the concourse and, and everything, it was, it was incredible. So maybe not like the, the best technical goal, but just a pretty crazy thing to happen. So I'm going to go for that one. Charlie, your favourite goal? Well, <clears throat> I've gone for two, sadly. Sorry. First one is Cambridge away. Oh, yeah, that was the fun. Everyone was absolutely stunned to see them. People couldn't believe. The, the home crowd was silent because they couldn't believe it got in. <laughs> Unbelievable goal. Um, but another goal um, I wanted to bring to everyone's attention, which was a very, very important goal, was Cole's goal when he ran round everyone at Ipswich in the first game. Yeah. And I think Pete Cole must have thought, pretty hell, I can do this. Yeah. I can score against the favourites of League One at the time, the first game of the season away in front of 24,000, 25,000 fans. I made them look like idiots. <laughs> I think I've really kicked him on for the rest of the season. I really believe that. No, that's, that, yeah. Again. The Fleet with the Wimbledon goals, the Cambridge goals, the Oxford goals. Finally, which were all away, weren't they? Which I've seen, which I saw. Yeah. Um, not less, not less home games. But um, I think they gave him belief to, to uh, scoring those Ipswich goals allowed him, I think, psychologically to score all those other goals in the season. Yeah, you could be right. It's a good point. What about you, Ben? Favorite goal? Well, I saw be- best goal I saw live come through, and I I don't know whether it's just by chance, but I did go to the majority of games but I didn't see the majority of Cole's wonder goals. They were the games I didn't go to. Um, There's a recurring so, theme here, isn't there? I, I <laughs> yeah, stay, stay away and he'll score a decent one. So by the end of the season, I was just sat at home all afternoon. But um, I, I think it'd be Cole versus Wimbledon in terms of the best goal, you know, the, the technical ability and just the, the speed of thought and action. Uh, and it wasn't a fluke because he's done it regularly. Yeah. You, know, you do that once a season, you go, wow, you'll never score a goal like that again. No, Cole means it and it's exceptional. I think in terms of outpour of emotion, I agree with Joel. Arthur's third at Charlton, again, that was just a moment where I, I just thought, you know, I, I, I usually manage to keep quite emotionally stable and calm. I don't know inside whether I am, but outside I don't really tend to show much emotion when we score, but that one just got me. I just immediately, instinctively, you know, felt it. And I was on my feet in the middle of the Charlton fans, sort of two of them decided to come and have a word at the end. And it's all a bit strange, but um, <laughs> I, I'd say that. I mean, you know, we can't not mention versus Fleetwood away. I was watching on iFollow that day and genuinely my laptop went in the air and next door's cat jumped from my garden to its own, which uh, it was just incredible. Just the the time of it, you know, how much it meant. It was two teams who needed a win. And in the 94th minute, I, I thought the game was over. I normally turn my laptop off with 10 seconds to go. I go, ah, that's it. But for some reason, I kept it on. And over time, he's balls come out to him from a corner, referee's about to blow and he just turns and hits it from 60 yards and the scenes in the away end 
were just absolutely unbelievable. Um, and I think that's probably, I would imagine, something that will stay with those who were there for a long, long time. Well, it's no surprise that uh, that gets my vote. That does get my vote. I was fortunate enough to be there. The, uh, the, the, the amusing story with that is that myself and Glenn and uh, Swids, the matchday announcer, set off. And we set off in plenty of time. We were going to meet mates there. We'd organised a pub and et cetera, et cetera. So we set off about 10 to 1. So it was, you know, Fleetwood, maybe an hour tops, depending on traffic. We'd come, came, came off the M55 and go in, go, came off at Kirkham and Wesham and then head into Fleetwood. We get to the lights where you turn right to Fleetwood and Glenn just goes, shit. And I'm like, what's the matter? He went, I've left my ticket in my other coat. So we had to turn round. We're like five miles from Fleetwood. We had to turn round. Swins absolutely belted it down the motorway. Glenn ran in his house all the way back to Bear. Got his ticket out. We got there. And we got in about three minutes, four minutes past three. And literally we were like, all our mates were like, where have you been, et cetera, et cetera. And they went, oh, yeah. And then somebody said, oh, just... Yeah, I trust you being late means you won't be leaving early. And we're all joking, going, "Well, if it's if, if we're you know if we're not doing so well, we might leave early." Bloody good job we didn't, isn't it? Because as you said, you've you you described it beautifully, Ben. Because the simple fact is, there was a lot riding on that game, and we'd gone there determined to try and get something, but not necessarily a win. But we let them have the ball. We defended really, really well. It was a game of very few chances. And uh, how Cole's goal didn't win goal of the season in League One, I will never, ever know. Uh, because that is they, they voted Barry Bannon's chip, which is a great goal, don't get me wrong. But they're all saying, oh, you can't vote for... Cole's wasn't even in there. And I, I saw a few Sheffield Wednesday fans saying, oh, yeah, but the keeper was way off his line. Well, he was way off his line for Barry Bannon's. He was stood outside his six-yard box. So it, it irks me that that didn't win the goal of the season because that was the goal of the season. For me, anyway. But the other goal, which ran it a close second, for me, was Aaron Wildig coming on as sub against Newport in the FA Cup second round. It was a stalemate. It was a horrible, horrible day. It was blowing a hoolie. It was chucking it down. And Aaron Wildig comes on and just does what Aaron Wildig does. Ghosts in at the back post. Dainty little side foot of a volley. Thank you very much. 1-0. Tottenham, here we come. And that, that, for me, that day changed our season. It, because what it meant and what it ended up meaning, Aaron came back in the fold. He'd had terrible injuries, uh, which he blames the university training surface for. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> it was the rejuvenation of Aaron. And uh, I'm chuffed a bits for him. He's been a brilliant servant for us. So that's my, that's my close second goal. But anyway, that's my indulgence. So, um, we've had favourite match. Let's go to favourite performance. And that's a completely different thing because you could, bizarrely, you know, one of my favourite performances, bizarrely as it seems, was how we played at home to MK Dons, where we matched them stride for stride, apart from goal scoring. And we ended up losing 4-0. And it was like, I think 2-1 would have been more favourite. But Joel, come to you for favourite performance. Yeah, I think <clears throat> there's a few in there. I think, um, well, pardon me, sorry, the Shrewsbury one at the start of the season, that was quite satisfying uh, to be that much in control of a game quite early on in League One. It was really lovely. Uh, 
we're going to come back to it again. Obviously, Charlton away to be able to take the three points like like we did there, that was fantastic. Although we were quite under under the cost for quite a large parts, although we defended very heroically, Burton very very in control. Well, we can't every single game we played this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't. Give some honorable mentions. Give some honorable mentions. But, uh, but yeah, Burton, we're out of control on that one. But I think I'm going to go for uh, the Wickham game because I just thought that that's a it's, it was a top end League One side that came to us and they they gave a decent game, but we we were better. We were quite a bit better than them, even though they were playing all right. And their goals obviously hit quite early on in the game, kind of out the blue. And then the, the second one was out the blue as well a bit, just a set piece that just looped up. And then to come back from the positions we were in and keep fighting back and not let ourselves be dumped, kind of like knocked down too much by the goals. It's because we were playing so well throughout that match. It was such a fantastic performance. I think I was chatting to uh, Tom Collins, who was Shrimps Online, obviously, and we were thinking this is possibly our best ever performance in the football league. You know, we're playing the top in League One, playing the top end League One team. We, to the eye, I thought we dominated them. We won three two. We looked at some of the underlying numbers. We were dominating them in that regard as well. That's not to to look that impressive against, you know, a playoff team. I thought it was so. You know, really good to see, and I'm yeah, you know, I'm so happy with the performance, and a lot of players really stood out, and the system really worked quite well. The pressing was great, some of the attacking was great, so I'm going to go for the Wiccan win at home. I've been waiting actually, and we're, we're third category in. It's the first time you've mentioned the stats, so you've not let me down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't quite. Yeah, I'm, 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 there's only one answer for this, and, and apart from Ben, obviously Charlton away. Obviously, Charlton every single time you've spoken about him, anything, but. <laughs> it has to be, it's, it's, it's unequivocally Burton at home. Unequivocally, well, there is no other answer to this category than Burton at home. Yeah, it was the pivotal change to the season that gave us confidence. We tapped, we we came back after the two week international break. That that is why we're still in the League One. So no playing really quicker, but I, I, I'm taking anyone's task who disagrees with me about that. Well, yeah, uh, I. I I'll come to Ben before I give you my answer. It's funny you say that uh, about Charlton because I've got next to best performance, Burton at home, um, so comfortable. What we'd give for 10 of them next season. Um, you know, like you say, that was the best performance. I have put in brackets Charlton away, um, <laughs> which I think you might have noticed I enjoyed. But um, I think Charlton away was, was a, again, just a gritty battle that meant so much. Uh, it, it was just going to that stadium um, and, and, and turning up in their backyard and being absolutely outstanding. But I agree with you, Charlie. Burton at home, we were just on. I came and watched the second half with you, didn't I, upstairs? And... We were just, it, it, we were sat back in the chair. It, it was just a joy to watch. It could have been seven or eight, and who'd have believed that in League One, um, you know, a few years ago? And regardless of the fact we had a man sent off, we were winning that game three or four nil. Yeah, and I, I can't argue with any of that. And I, I agree, performance wise, Burton was spectacular. Uh, so I'm not arguing with you, Charlie, but I'm going to come back to Ben because I'm now, you, you've intrigued me because I've been dying to ask you, 
two two Charlton fans approached you at the end of the game and you had a discussion. Come on, let's hear the story. It was just very strange. I was I was in the um, officials area and usually you're in the middle of the home fans and every now and again, especially with Mr. Taylor around, you have a bit of banter with him and a bit of fun. But um, yeah, just I was I was sort of clapping down and waving at Les and saying hello, and then next thing I know, two of their fans were. There was a chap next to me who suddenly these two lads were offering him outside, and I just thought, well, what's going on here? So I just thought, hang on, lads, what's what's happening? Um, you know, get yourselves off home. It's it's getting a bit late, and yeah, this this they really wanted to go and say hello to him in the car park, and I've I've never experienced. You, you, I've been to some places that are a little bit partisan, but the, these guys really wanted to familiarise themselves with him. So. Um, we we just smiled and three points were on the way back up to Morecambe. Well, thankfully it didn't get any worse than that. There was a there was a steward on the gate and it was the smallest gate you'll ever see. And uh, I went down to say hello to Les after and and as I walked past, I kind of just nipped down to the side there and say hello to Les. She says, "Oh yeah." She says, "I'm so grateful that." Uh, I said, "I'm so thankful that nothing happened there." She said, "I don't know what I'd have done." I thought I said, "Yeah, fair enough." But yeah, a very a very strange experience, and and it was strange because otherwise they were very very friendly people and looked after as well, and we had a good crack with a, a number of their fans before and after the game. Um, but these two had obviously just had probably had a few too many ales, and uh, the heat had got to them. Either that, or it was you celebrating when uh, Arthur put the third one in because they obviously. I take your point about that because obviously they pulled it back to 2-1 and they were pressing and then Arthur went up the other and smashed the third one in and you went mental and that antagonised them. That's what it was. <laughs> Not at all. No. <laughs> right. So, we, well, there we are. Three of us agree on Burton, but fair enough. Well, obviously, um, if you are listening to this, then obviously when it goes on, uh, we, we put the link on Twitter, we will be putting the... Uh, uh, expecting you to, if you're listening to this, to put your own version of this up there, uh, and as many people as tweet in or uh, put it on Shrimp's Voices or or uh, on a Facebook page, because that's where it's going as as always. Um, so we, that, that, there's some positives for you. We're going to go on the most frustrating defeat now. Okay, what, frustrating moment. The what? Frustrating moment. Yeah, frustrating moment. Defeat. I'll give you That's my frustrating moment. Have go a go. On, Go on, then. It's Derek Quinn as match announcer. <laughs> <laughs> we won twice. He speaks. He speaks very highly of everybody, Quinny. <laughs> I love Quinny to death, and I told him this. I'm not. I'm not him. I've told him. I've told him a number of times to his face. He was the worst match announcer we ever had in Morecambe FC. <laughs> you have Swizz not there, and he couldn't. He, he had no arms because he had no arms in class. No, I know he was like that, wasn't he? <laughs> Trying to do with substitutions, he was like, I was like, it was absolutely embarrassing. That was my frustrating moment. But apart from that, football-wise, it was Cambridge away. Oh, don't. We both scored that goal, and then they went around, and that penalty wasn't a penalty. And we'd just been oh. two games in a row. We should have won the game. We'd been so, Derek, we're matching out saying Cambridge away, my answers. I, I cannot tell you, I cannot, I cannot repeat my phrase that I was repeating for the entire rest of the weekend after the Cambridge game. But it, it was, I <clears throat> hate Cambridge. Because I do. Because two seasons running, we've played really well there. Last season, 
with no crowd there doing the doing the commentary. Their bloke bumps into Ryan Cooney and falls over penalty, lose two one, and the same again. Their bloke bumps. I'm like, oh no, we we didn't. Really want to the history, so they're, they're, they're directors and staff and everyone to come really really nice as well. Yeah, yeah, they are a lovely club. <laughs> really lovely but I still hate them. They, 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 they apologise for beating us every time. No, <laughs> honestly, I absolutely. My missus will tell you that's all. I, every time I, somebody mentions Cambridge now, I just I, I hate Cambridge because of that. Joel, um, go on, your most frustrating moment. I haven't really thought about the Cambridge one, actually. But yeah, that, that was particularly infuriating to have that amazing goal going. And then, well, two minutes later. Two minutes later. That. But I think, I thought maybe the, the Wiccan uh, defeat away, because that felt like a bit of a turning point in the season, uh, just when it all started. Because I remember looking at the form throughout the season, that was kind of like where it really started to go downhill a bit. And for the, the collapse to kind of happen in the second half a bit and yeah and then to pull it back and then to, to to lose it in the end was just very 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 frustrating and kind of single downturn in form but I think I'm going to go for what's probably I'm guessing it's probably quite a popular answer unlike my previous answer uh, <laughs> I'm going to go for a crew at home I think that was the the, the probably the nowtiest kind of the, the tetchiest <clears throat> I've seen the resume of this season and it, it wasn't a great performance I don't think Crew did a lot to deserve to win the game but then just for a kind of slightly weird goal to kind of go in uh, for them to get the winner and then kind of huff and puff a lot in the second half without creating too many clear-cut chances really and just that was a bit of a that was kind of almost like the, the low point after that big kind of bad run throughout kind of November and December but yeah, I'm going to have to go for that one. Although, thankfully, the next game, it turned around quite nicely with Doncaster. But yeah, most frustrating moment has got to be crew. Uh, ben, anything different to that? I, I hear what you all say, and they, they do remind me of <laughs> frustrating times. But for me, simply Bolton twice. They've yeah. 90, 90 plus eight, 90 plus four. Yeah. We deserve to win both. Um, mostly, I know they weren't defeats, but... Wow, I, I felt deflated after both of them. Um, only for a few minutes, but yeah, them, them two games. Given what had gone on in the previous 90, you know, on the pitch, um, I really do think we were value for six points against them this year. And I, I, I think, I take your point, Ben, because the simple fact is, and I've said this, uh, and if you were watching Real Madrid celebrate last night, beating Manchester City in the uh, Champions League semi-final, Bolton celebrated drawing with us in both games exactly the same. It was like, good God, you've just drawn with more. Can we think you won the bloody Champions League? They were going mad. It was mental. But, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, and I, and I, I think, to be honest, my the worst, the, the worst moment for me, uh, it was... was the free kick that went in for Tottenham that was not even meant to go in from Harry Winks because he's admitted it. It was, it was supposed to be drifting to be headed in at the back post and everybody left it alone and Trevor looked a bit like who's going for it. Nobody's going for it. And, I, and as soon as that went in, I was like, oh, no, because for 72 minutes we had a dream, didn't we? We all had a dream and it was happening and they did not look like scoring. And it just goes to show you that something like that can change it in an instant. Because all of a sudden, they've got absolutely nothing to lose. They bring on Lucas Moura and Harry Kane. 
and it's goodbye Morecambe. So that was my frustrating moment. But there you go. But at least we at least we had we were there to see it. So so moving on. Um, your favourite player of the season, yeah. not Cole. <laughs> yeah, not Cole. Oh, I think we missed the category. Uh, most important moment slash win. Oh yeah, I've got that. Don't worry, I've got. Are we that. going? I've got that. Yeah, right. yeah. I've just thought I'd mix it up a bit because they were quite similar. So yeah. I'll come to that further down. Go on. Cool. Fabulous. Well, I, I, I'll say. So it's not Cole. No matter who Cole, you say, yeah. it's not Cole. We're not allowed to pick Cole. It's too easy. Uh, I don't know. I was, I, I, I've thought about this before, actually. Um, I think it's weird because at certain points throughout the season, it's kind of been different players who've really stepped up. I thought Ant O'Connor was great for in, in a period where the whole the team wasn't performing so great, and he was kind of one of the people who was standing out. Shane McLaughlin had a really good first half of the season under under, under Robbo. The young has been pretty devastating at times, particularly in January, February. Toombs has been a really good, reliable fixture all throughout the season. Uh, well, come on. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of tempted. I'm, I'm, I'm weighing it up. I'm kind of tempted to go Arthur Nahua because I thought he was quite impressive under Zim Robinson. I, I don't think people really acknowledged that because he wasn't getting loads of goals and assists. But I thought under the radar, he kind of carried out quite a lot of good tasks. He worked quite hard off the ball. The way he kind of drifts into little half spaces and is able to pick up the balls in those areas. Um, like I think Carl mentioned it in an interview, like the, the way he receives his back with the ball with his back to goal and was able to kind of turn and create and carry the ball. I think that's really impressive. I think a lot of that went under the radar until Derek did his magic trick of kind of coaxing goals and assists out of attacking players, which is something we know Derek does really well. And then I think maybe the 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 little stuff that Arthur does then comes to the fore. But I think he's been doing that all season. So I'm going to go for a like I think I'll go for a slightly different choice and say Arthur Nahua. After naming half the squad. <laughs> After naming half the squad, yeah. I wanted to give yeah. honourable mentions. I feel guilty if I don't. I've gone for three, and like instead of twenty-seven, like Joel, but I've done, gone for a lone player, which is Trevor Carson. Yeah. Undoubtedly saved us on a number of occasions. Lovely guy. It's a great, great guy to have around. I've gone for established, uh, you know, player from last year who's, who's, who's played all, who's played, been available most of the season. Gibbo, he's been brilliant. Yeah, been fantastic uh, um, representation of the club as well in all all areas, and cameo appearances and general um, spark. I've gone for Aaron Wildey. You know, you mentioned the Newport game earlier. You mentioned the Burton game and those that run when we went on. He was the cap, captain's armband, a caged beast. You know, like trying so hard getting the team going. So they're my, they're my, they're my three. <laughs> in in no particular order. No, no, no. Right. So all we need to do, Ben, you've got about five players you can name now, and we've named everybody. <laughs> well, I've I've picked one freeze because that's what I was asked to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, uh, but but I I do agree. I honestly, we we've stayed up. We've set out what we wanted to do. Uh, and we've achieved it, and every player has played their part. I know that's the political answer, but you could make a case for everyone at times being so pivotal. People have picked up results, but I'll pick one, it's Trevor Carson. Uh, I see. Now, I'm with you on that one because that was my answer as well, because uh, you know a lot of people have said it, and I'm sure you agree, Ben, that if we'd have had Trevor probably earlier in the season, we might well have been five, six points better off. He's been outstanding since he came in. He's 
been a, a calming influence <coughs> and the, the save against Oxford is again, you know, players come and go and it's all the cliche, players come and go, we come and go, but there's moments that live with you forever as a supporter and I think we've had a few of them this season and last, yeah. Um, yeah. but that's one of them. You will not see uh, uh, not just a, as good a save, but as an important save, looking back as well. Yeah. As that, and and he's pulled it off, and and you've just got to say, I'm I'm glad I saw it. It was amazing. It was, and 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 everybody who was there will tell you that everybody, even the Oxford fans and the Morecambe fans, they thought it was in. You could see the scene. The Oxford players, they were just head on hands, like, what the hell has just happened here? Yeah, how did, how did <laughs> get that out? It was stunning, absolutely stunning. So um, that's what we think. What do you think? Obviously. Get involved on Twitter and, and on uh, all the other platforms that we're on. So we'll go back to the category that we were going to. Going to, I've knocked it on one just to mix it up a bit. And obviously, the most important moment of the season, or your favourite moment, Joel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the Burton win. I think. I know, I, I, we're I'm all not, not the just, same things with different. Yeah, questions. That's the thing. Yeah, not just because I took a load of stick for. I thought. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> I thought. I thought Burton. Obviously, they, they they weren't the most impressive on the day, but the the but we still had to go out and we came out with such a fire to beat them. And I think, like we we've kind of alluded to already, that was so pivotal that set off the the, the run that kept us kept us up really because without that win. I don't think, you know, the season probably doesn't turn around. And I think, uh, yeah, it was so important, such a dominant performance. I think it was really fascinating when Jacob uh, Jacob Bordeaux came on the podcast and he spoke about how it was a psychological barrier that kind of got broken down. How in the three nil up against a team who don't really look at it and they're down to 10 men and he's absolutely bricking it because it's been such a long time since they've held out for a win. Yeah. And then they get over that high psychological barrier and then a few days later, it was two one up against a really good Oxford side who were, let's be honest, absolutely pelting us yeah. and putting us under loads of pressure. And he said he felt more confident there. So I think you know it just shows how important that kind of psychological lift was to get us into that little final run of results, which ultimately keeps us up. Good answer. Um, I, and and I like your argument as well. I, I like your argument for that. So I'll, I'll let you off not voting Burton as the most, <laughs> in the other category. Charlie, what about you? You're, you're your most important or, or the favourite man? The most important couple of minutes thing was, uh, first of all, was I think I've gone for Gillingham and a beat of scoring the equaliser and then they then nearly scoring a winner and then Cody saving it. Yeah, that was yeah. a great save as well. Yeah. That kept us in the hunt and stopped Gillingham getting three points, but also we could have got three points ourselves. Um, that was that, but I'm going to talk, I want to talk very quickly about a pivotal moment. And don't please don't take this in the wrong way. What I mean by this, but Les Dewhurst is, was, is a very loved, loved figure in the club, and I love him myself, and everyone loves him, and he, he's, he's an amazing guy. You know, I'm not wishing ill of what happened, but you know, when he had when he had his footy turn at Wigan, I think it, it was a pivotal, pivotal moment. It brought everyone in the club close together. You know, I've got these from still talking about it now, thinking about it, right? He could have died, right? It would have been absolutely tragic. So thankfully, he survived, and he's such an amazing character to, to, to almost laugh it off. <laughs> We're back in the dugout the next week. But, you know, I think he galvanised the players. The players yeah. love him, the fans love him, the staff love him. And I, I don't mean to make, 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 
tell me I'm taking the wrong way when I'm saying this, but I mean, it was, it was a really pivotal moment in the season, um, not, not, in, not in a match scenario, but I believe that that really did galvanise. You saw what, you, what was the match when, when, they, when we scored and they went up went, went to? That was the Burton one. You've just ruined my favourite moment now. Thanks very much, guys. <laughs> Please don't have me go me for using it as a, using it as a moment. But I think no, no, no. I'm, I'm serious. That, that was mine. So. I do believe it's a pivotal, pivotal moment in the season. What about you, Ben? I've got a most important moment. I've got a most important win, a bit like Charlie. Oh, well, I know Charlie's was for a point, but I know, I know what he's saying on... John Abika's goal. Most important moment is for me when the secretary at Oxford rang John Schofield um, and said, we've had three call-ups international break. Um, we're going to postpone our game. And it gave us two weeks off in which something happened yeah. and we came back and won three of the next four. Mm. So it's the most up. important moment. Uh, there's everything you've said and, and you could pinpoint a hundred more, but... Um, that's a bit of a fun one in terms of a most important win. Um, Doncaster for me, it didn't, it didn't revolutionise our season, and and suddenly we went on a run, and and you know we we got away from the bottom, but you know without them three points at half time, if that resulted a stud, and you can say this about every game you play, but if that resulted a stud, we're back in League Two, yeah. um, and that was the time when we were the most up against it we've ever been, three 0 down. I actually, I'd, I'm sure no one from Doncaster listens to this. I thought they were rubbish. And at half-time, honestly, I, I think I text Martin and Ryan, because, again, I was at home because I still got COVID. I text Martin and Ryan and said, we can win this. We, we can absolutely win this. This lot of rubbish. They'll crumble if we get one. And, and they did. And I'm not saying I'm a sidekick, because I've not won the lottery since. But um, that, that, for me, most important was... Uh, I just thought it showed the character and the resilience of the squad and that came into its own later on again in the season. And it's strange because we were at that situation then when we beat Doncaster, when we were scouring the loan market, trying to get in at least three or four players to sort of like put us in a position to stay up. So it was important that day. Um, and I, it, like I said, I, my thunder's been stolen because my favourite moment in the season was Adam Phillips scoring the second goal from a, a, a lovely cold turn and through ball and Adam smashing it in and then running 50 yards back to Les and the entire squad and all the subs and everybody just jumping on and uh, nearly giving Les another heart attack and I, that was my favourite moment of the season. I've played football with Les, I've known Les since we were both early 20s, we played in the same Saturday league side etc etc. I know what the club means to him because it means exactly the same to most of us. And I know exactly that Les goes over and above. And to see the delight on Adam Phillips's face and the rest of the squad, just to share that moment with Les, was a very, very special moment for me, because it showed exactly what Charlie said. It, encapsulate, it encapsulates what's special about Morecambe Football Club. But that's just me being sentimental, but that's my thoughts. Get involved. Right, we're, we're, we're uh, the biggest injustice we're looking at now, the biggest injustice of the season. And I think I know what's coming from at least two of you. Joel? Well, actually, I'll, I was thinking it was going to be obvious. One, two, three, say it. One, <laughs> two, three. Doncaster penalty, Bolton penalty. Yeah, go on. Um, yeah, Doncaster. Uh, also, uh, 
uh, Cole's goal versus Fleetwood not being involved in the League One EFL goal for season shortlist, bizarre. Cole not being in the team of the season, bizarre True. as well. True. So there's a, well, there's a few, but to be fair, Chris Hussey got in ahead of Carlos Mendes Gomez last season, so God knows what they think, and, and they put those. Yeah, right. and, and, and it was a travesty, but I mean, it was obvious. It was never, we're not surprised, are we? But, I suppose, know, yeah. When Greg Lee got rugby tackled, no, no penalty, a really important point in the season, really important game, which we were definitely going to win. That's got. I'll, I'll, I'll defend my corner on that one. Well, yeah, no, I, think, I get that. I'm trying to think what's the more unexplainable one. I think I, I remember looking back at like the some of the replays and remember thinking at the time the, the referee and like the liner were just looking at each other and they kind of like both expected the other one to signal for it and then neither of them did and then they just kind of bottled it I think which is what I felt happened but I haven't worked out what happened with the Greg Lee one but I'm going to say it's a tie between Greg Lee and Conley they were just who knows what the hell happened there just yeah, referees eh? well I know what happened there they were both one was rugby tackled the other one was fouled and it was a red card and we never got anything in, in fairness I will uh, say from, probably I will, from a, a letter of apology though fair, I, will, I wouldn't say it was a red card I think that's a bit far it was a yellow but it wasn't a red <laughs> Which one? The uh, the oh the Conley one. Well, actually, no. Right. The, the Greg Lee was the could have been the red actually because yeah, he could have been the red. To play the ball because yeah, no no intent to play the ball yeah. at all because he was rugby right. tackling him. That was it was rugby tackling. That was a red definitely. But anyway, uh, Ben, what have you got? This is not a drill. I have written penalty at Bolton stroke Doncaster. Yeah. Um, we no had surprise. a lovely we, we had a lovely letter from the Football Association <laughs> um, on the Monday that said. Uh, Bolton, the 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 line. Sorry, the referee was going to give it, but the linesman had told him it's not a foul, um, so he didn't. Um, and I'm sure over the years we've received lovely letters saying the linesman said it's a foul and the referee hasn't, and the referee pulls rank. But hey, look, at, at the end of the day, the biggest injustice has not led to an overall injustice. So um, that's football. We dust ourselves down. All's well ends well. We're still here. We're still we're still smiling. So if, we, if we'd gone down, we could have just done top number ten injustice, number nine injustice, number eight. Yeah, we, we, could, we could have we could have framed that and put it on the side, and it made us all feel a lot better. That letter. Yeah, but thankfully we survived. <laughs> so have we got a, a kind of unanimous the Donny and Bolton pens that never work? Um, that's what's written yeah. down the two I of think- them. Yeah. yeah, I think I think we're all pretty agreed. But on that, I we? would say, Joel, and I I did have this plan when I said it. The only, you know, in fairness, the Bolton game at home, True. I thought, and 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 as was proved by the red card being overturned, I thought we got away with one. I still think we were playing very well in that game at home, and like I said earlier, I think we were valued for three points. Yeah, <laughs> Cole missed the penalty. But, well, that's it. But he, he hit got, his chest, and he got, got sent off. Card. For me, I, I, I watched it. I was there, and I just it, it just didn't look like a handball to me. Um, so I do accept that we possibly got one there, and they got one. And again, that, that's football. That's why, as much as it frustrates you, that's why we love it. And all, and also, being completely fair, even though many Portsmouth fans didn't think it was a foul, I still thought it was a foul on their keeper by Cole. And, Have, you and Have you seen the goal cam? Have you seen the goal cam footage? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's conclusive. I think, I think we got away. With, I think we might have got one away with one there as well. So swings and roundabouts. But there you go. Uh, but if, uh, obviously, if anybody else thinks anything different, 
you know, there's plenty of fans out there who think, oh, no, I remember. And it'll be like, yeah, fair enough. Come forward. A um, couple of categories left. Um, and this this off-field achievements, I like that one, Joel. That was really good. Yeah, that, that was actually Charlie's suggestion. That was, I uh, like that. But, so, oh, well done, yeah. Charlie. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I'm just trying to, I was trying to think of this. I think probably I, I'd say... To the to the board and everybody involved in in the really swift managerial appointments after both quite two very untimely departures with Derek leaving so soon after Wembley and then I think I know it, this probably isn't a very popular thing to say but I think Stephen Robinson was a really good appointment if you look back at the time I think I think the board did fantastically to act so quickly and get a manager in like that and. We go a few months for obviously a few months further down the line. Stevens left, obviously, and then again that that quick turnaround to to get Derek in so quickly and it's paid off in the end as well. So I'd say, yeah, how well the board. I'm I'm not just trying to. I'm not doing. I'm not doing too much uh, blowing smoke here uh, at any backside. <laughs> I'm not, not trying to sweeten things too much. But yeah, I think that that they were both fantastic achievements. So I'll go for those. Charlie. I'm going for the board of that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking there, Charlie. I think Joel wasn't telling me that on Saturday. He was, oh, it was something else. Attendance levels from uh, 1,700 to zero to four, four and a half thousand. And obviously, we've always covered it. We've managed to do it successfully. Uh, you know, and you've, you've got the seats to get strategy it's all worked out and uh, it's just all been great don't say any more about it but my answer to that is the attendance levels and the crowd and just general all-round all-round love for mfc in the in the medina uh, ben um obviously i can approach this from a slightly different angle i've i've sort of put in terms of what i see as our biggest off-field achievement and um you know for me it was building a team across all departments that's capable and hungry to improve the club and themselves um, and I think we've managed to do that I'm incredibly proud of of the people we've got at the club um, I know that they act with everyone's best interests in mind we've got a mix of people who, who've been around years and, and know people by name and we've got some new people who we needed to add to the equation um, just, just to you know help us move forwards and and when we came in there was a lot of gaps in some really key positions we started the season without anyone in the media department um, and we spent best part of six months without anyone leading on finance so we've had our challenges but we've now got a team that i am absolutely 100 percent confident can deliver on on what we need and, and taking the club forwards so following on the last well, an amazing person, uh, Matt Smith. Matt Smith, um, interview, you approached me as a, as a placement student for the Chelsea game. I don't know if you know this guy. We took some work experience to interview me for the, uh, for, the, for the Chelsea game in the FA Cup. And I, um, I was really impressed with what he did for his, for his university course. And basically asked him, I called him up so he can give me a call back in my stern, poker faced way. He was actually bricking it. What we done wrong? I was like, I want to give you a job. And um, so he started off with doing some work, some written written reports from Matt Rushton. And we look at so 
from, from little acorns growing trees grow. Look how far that guy's come in a year. Look at the content he's putting out there and helping Ryan, uh, which Ben and I have recruited as well. And just in the media, the media offering is, is just absolutely fantastic. So I'd like to give those a big up. Yeah, he's a good penalty as well, as we've seen. Yeah, he missed a few on his outtakes. Oh yeah, I saw that. He was out there about an hour and a half, trying to hit one in the top bins. <laughs> oh, you see, it's all in the editing. There we go. That's where I suppose that's that was him displaying his talent in the editing. <laughs> yeah. So final final category, uh, and there's only Ben can really answer this. Well, uh, particularly Ben and Charlie. Most excited off-field project this summer, apart from me and Joel are going to say building a squad that can compete. What is it? Well, I've, I've, got the one, I've got the football stuff because Ben knows about the off, off-field stuff more than anything. First of all, we're investing in the training pitch. A lot of money to try and get the training pitch right for the grass football pitch. Um, investing in the squad, which we'll talk about in a bit as well, I'm sure, and to try and get the best squad possible. And also the kids, which is really, really to help designed by fashion chief extraordinaire, James Wakefield again. Full kit wanker, as he's known on here. <laughs> Okay. They are nice. It's really, it's really, really nice. And I'm going to, I'm going to maybe give you Joel and David a quick preview afterwards. Well, he, he, uh, James did actually get the ones he was thinking of. He, that, he showed us about a couple of months ago, and they were both very nice. The awake, yeah, it's absolutely really glorious. Nice. They're really, 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 really nice. So yeah, so we'll be looking forward to seeing them. So go on then, off field, Ben. What's the challenges? Most exciting thing off field. Have we got best podcast guests to come? Yeah. Uh, uh, I've left that out, and I'm being honest here because I, we haven't had a bad guest, and I'm not <laughs> blowing smoke at anybody's backside. <laughs> we have not had a have we, Joel? No. We've all got our favourites, but we haven't had a bad guest. Everybody's been really honest. You can name favourite. When, when yeah, of course you can. When Robbo came on, he was brilliant, and the one thing about Robbo was. He was speaking about the five-game blocks, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and it made all it made all sorts of sense. But then, when we stopped picking points up, it didn't make any sense whatsoever. So, that, and, and that's what people were saying because it, they're using it. I mean, all right, you know, I, I agree with what Joel said. We thought Robbo was the right man at the right time, but then when things went wrong, the five-game block was the stick to beat him with because he'd been honest and come on and told us about it. And then all of a sudden, by sort of like middle of January, it was like, oh, we haven't picked any points in this block or that block or the other block. And all of a sudden, it does become a stick to beat with. So well, I've deliberately missed that one out. So go on, go on. I appreciate that. I just wanted to double check. Yeah. Um, most exciting off-field project this summer for me, um, and we can get into specifics eventually if you want, but I've just put the opportunity to plan. Um, you know, I came in in June last year and, and I'd made it, clear to the board when when they brought me in that it was going to take you know 90 days to establish myself and and have a really good <laughs> look at what's going on prior to making any key changes or decisions so that took us into September um best part of which you then in and amongst the season and, and we've been chasing our tails a little bit um you know despite the progress it, it's all been pretty ad hoc where where it's had to be so I, I, I've just put down the opportunity to plan. Um, I know it's not what you want to hear in terms of some massive, exciting monorail going round the ground type thing, but um, we... Oh, you heard that here first. <laughs> it's happening. But, yeah, honestly, we, I am incredibly proud of what the team have done this year. And, I, you know, we spoke about it earlier, but 
I we all know we can improve again and, and we want to. And this May, June, July will give us a fantastic opportunity to to really get into what do we need to do and, and how are we going to do it, who's responsible for it, and, and you know, get people on with it in good time, not once <laughs> we're into the season. Yeah. We're one year into our three year plan, right? Only started last year. 2024 is when it finishes. So, um, you know, we've, everyone's, we're obviously so proud of what we've done, but, you know, we've got a long way to go. Yeah. The record, my favourite podcast guests um, are John and Beaver, I thought was fantastic. Mm. He's great. He's really, really engaging. I, I, wasn't on it, I wasn't on it myself, but I really enjoyed the Gibbo one the other week. I thought he was really warm and great. But my favourite one um, of the lone people was uh, Trevor and Jake when they first started after they played with Spurs. They, they, they come in and never didn't even know each other's names pretty much. They're playing at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They were they were they were absolutely buzzing, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I'm I'm, I'm not commenting because I've just enjoyed talking to everybody. So there you go. That's my that's my politically correct answer. Go on, John. I'll go, I'll go on there. I quite enjoyed Yockel because his uh, his kind of uh, Labrador puppy energy. That was fantastic. Absolute, <laughs> absolute mentality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was very yeah. fun. Said some crazy wacky things about getting smacked in the face by a ball and enjoying it. So I quite enjoyed that. Uh, ben, Ben, Ben quite enjoyed Ben and Ryan when they were on. They yeah, were <laughs> a, a great addition there. But uh, I say I, I really enjoyed that. I think this is probably quite an easy choice. The Derek Adams one because I didn't expect to get quite as much as we did out of him. No, and no, he, opened, I, he ends up giving us quite a lot of. Detail, really information. Exactly. It was fairly obvious as we spoke about it afterwards that it was quite a relief to be back and not at Bradford, which came across in everything he said that he suddenly realised what he had at Morecambe, which. uh, I mean, I was more thinking about his tactics, but yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, final thing to chat about Um, a great place to leave it is on season ticket sales, Ben. How's it going? And. uh, we're pretty confident in reaching the the uh, a thousand for the seating and thousand for the standing, so that everybody gets the fantastic deal again. Absolutely, we're really pleased with how people have taken to it already. We understand that they've gone on sale a, a lot earlier this year because we've been able to. Um, so sales haven't been quite as extreme in that first week, but again, we, we expected it to. We launched it not too far from when the new shop launched and we saw a, a really good uptake on that. So we knew people would be waiting perhaps until the next payday or later in the summer when we know what the price is going to be. We passed 500 sales on standing today um, and seating is, is fantastic. I think we're in the 300s on that already. And a lot of them are new seats that, that have been taken up um, rather than just renewals. So we are seeing a, a decent amount of new season ticket holders I'm reasonably hopeful that most people who bought one this year would think it's value for money and want to be a part of it again. So our target is absolutely to to go and increase on last year. There's, a, there's no reason why we can't. We, we said at the start of this season we want to hit 2,000 and a couple of people said you'll never do that and we did. We got to two and a half. Um, so we're, we're saying again we want to go above that two and a half. How, how close to 3,000 can we get this year? It's a good deal. Um, the more people that buy into it, the, the, the more, obviously, we will generate and, and the better value it will become. So we're reasonably confident that 
we can beat it. You know, I, I certainly am. Uh, we're so early in the process. We've got over two months still until the prices are locked in and we're, we're nearly hitting the first standing target. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're delighted. The people are getting behind us. I think the fact that you've not been able to get a seat for most games this season um, has probably nudged some people that wouldn't have otherwise bought one to get one. But um, that's where we're at at the moment. So it's really, really positive. So uh, final thing before we wrap up, I know people will be listening, expecting us maybe to talk about the uh, the retained and the released list. We, we haven't done that, a deliberate ploy, because obviously uh, we have got people on contract uh, who have been told if they can find alternative employment, they can leave. But it, it could be that we end up with some of those players still here at the start of next season. Uh, you know, um, I think sometimes that can be, you know, managers, managers can use that to sort of give uh, give one or two people a gentle kick up, kick up the backside should it be needed. So I don't necessarily think that, you know, it, it's all done and dusted. Obviously, there'll be people to disappear and new people coming in. But that that's why we haven't spoken about it, because I think as and when we return, which will probably be uh, as the friendlies start, we'll have plenty to discuss then. And uh, hopefully we won't have our... Uh, with what our all preconceived ideas about who's gone and who's stayed, we can talk about it then, can't we, Joel? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Obviously, though, quick word for the, the people who have gone already, yeah, especially people like Toombs, who has been such a monumental figure over the past couple of seasons in promotion and and staying up. You know, it's it's very sad to see him leave because he's he, but he, but you know, it's how football goes sometimes. But you know, what a player he's been, and some of the players who've kind of been great this season, like uh, Bennett and. Uh, Lee, they've both been fantastic, and obviously Jacob Mensah unfortunately hasn't got had much of an opportunity, but you know hopefully he's able to make an impact somewhere else. And Freddie Price, unfortunate that an injury came at a, an unfortunate time, you know, but you know he's a cracking talent, so hopefully he can make an impact somewhere as well. So uh, all that's left for me to say, thanks, Ben. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being uh, so honest and open. Uh, and also, um, good luck applying for the uh, Charlton General Manager's job, as you obviously love them. <laughs> uh, thank you as for all your help this year, Charlie. Uh, as usual, uh, avuncular and uh, always great fun. Uh, we do appreciate your input. Yourself, James, Graham, Rod, uh, everybody else who's been on from the club. Uh, but also, you know, we enjoy uh, having the crack with you and James when you're here. And uh, thank Joel, you to the uh, all the people I've harassed over the last year, yeah. <laughs> text messages, WhatsApps, phone calls, trying to get people to to to, uh, to come on. I really do appreciate everyone bearing with me to try and get the people together because uh, I think most of the players actually do secretly hate me, uh, <laughs> stalking them. But uh, um, and the new people coming in, I'll get their numbers as soon as possible, please. And, uh, you know, one of the main reasons, obviously, we know that Aaron Wildig has got another contract is because, obviously, he's your go-to man in the dressing room, which we now know. <laughs> Secret's out. Um, so, Joel, thank you for all you do. Uh, you're, the, you're the technical brains behind this, obviously, recording it all and making sure it's fit for broadcast. Uh, this wouldn't be... I wouldn't be capable of doing this without you. Uh, and, as usual... Um, your 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 statiness leaves me in com completely in your wake. All I do is sit here and uh, try and be as nice as possible and 
get people to say tagle. Congratulations to you as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's something some, something that I I actually look forward to doing. And when you started doing this fourteen months ago, you weren't very good. No. <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, I'm not that right, much right, better. But there you go. You're like you're like Wogan now, mate. <laughs> you're like Wogan or Parkinson. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm Parkinson. You're Wogan for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, good so point. You, yeah. you keep you keep you know look at the Derek you do the Derek interview. The, 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 the Rodo interview, you know, you coach things out people. You know, you're a very friendly, friendly character, very knowledgeable, you're very, very loyal to the club. And, uh, you know, I know um, you're looking for a new gig, and I think this is your, this is perfectly. So it's all, it's mostly down to you, mate, the success of this podcast. So, keep no, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's team effort, and we couldn't do it without any of you. So if you're listening to this and you've enjoyed it, tell other people. Obviously, come back with your feedback online, whether it be Twitter, uh, MFC page on Facebook or on Shrimp's Voices. All have a lovely summer. We're going to, but Ben's going to be working hard getting the team, putting things in place. Uh, Joel's probably going off on holiday. Charlie's going on off unless he gets divorced. And I'm, 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 I'm going on jet2.com as soon as this is finished. So have a great summer. We'll see you back for the friendlies. Uh, just just one thing. Everybody's been twittering, saying, "Can we have a friendly in the Isle of Man?" Great idea. Can it can it be possible? Who knows? So I'll leave that one with you. Thanks for listening. This has been Shrimpnet. Uh, it's been a fantastic season. We're aiming high next season. We were nineteenth this season. We're going for at least eighteenth, if not higher. <laughs> Up the shrimps. <laughs>